This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. happening everyone and welcome back it's jay scott it's the hook rocks the ultimate rock me podcast thanks for tuning in once again we are part of the pantheon podcast network great network of music related podcasts you can check them out at pantheon pods pantheonpodcast.com as well as on social media and instagram twitter and facebook at pantheon pods and you can check out the hook rocks in all three of those platforms at the hook rocks Please don't forget to write us a review on whatever platform you listen to. You can we're available on all podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, Amazon, you name it, we're on it. So, like I said, write us a review there or write us a review wherever you get it. Uh, don't forget to update your app to automatic download so you get the latest episodes right to your phone or right wherever you know on your laptop, computer, or wherever you listen. And enjoy the recent episodes that we've done. We've had some great stuff. We just had a new music spotlight with the Weathered Souls, great band out of Texas, that our friend Tyler Baker from Goodbye June produced the album. We also talked with Brad Rustavin from Slamfest Podcast, great podcast that he has, pretty much about live music and all the shows he's seen, set lists, and also the importance of pre-gaming before a show. We welcome back the legendary guitarist George Lynch. Talked the new Sweet and Lynch album. Talked about a lot of things. It's always great to have George on, whether it's Dokken, Lynch Mob, his activism, uh, his thoughts on Eddie and Jeff Beck passing. Uh, just always a great conversation. We also had Miljanko Matijevic from Steelheart. Great conversation there. Another new music spotlight with DeWolf from the Netherlands. We had Pablo Vandepol, the singer-guitarist. We also had Don Jameson co-host with us when we had Scott Gorham of Thin Lizzy on. That was a great conversation. Really got into a lot of questions that Scott was happy that we asked and he was able to talk about. So please check out that. We also welcome Bourbon House as they celebrate their new album, the fourth album. Always great to have Lacey and Jason on the show. Tyler Bryant, Tyler Bryant return to talk his new EP, Dirty Work. We had rock journalist Matt Wake talking the new L.A. Guns Black Diamonds album, which is absolutely phenomenal. And then we had Phil Lewis on as well, talking the new album. Phil Lewis, the great singer from L.A. Guns. And we began the month with our top 10 albums from January through March 2023. 
So check that out. My co-host, Chris Cordetti, and I break down our top 10 with some albums from our friends in the Groove Council. And uh, also check out Jared James Nichols and Tuck Smith on the show, as well as Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick and Richie Kotzen from The Winery Dog. So check out all those and more. We've had some great episodes. We're approaching our 500th episode and our four-year anniversary over the next month or two. So please, um, please check that out. So our next guest is another return guest. We do this once a quarter. We talk music business, and there's no one else that does it better. And that's Christine Eagle. Break down some updates, like I said, with TikTok and Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. and kind of dive into what's happening with live streaming and AI. Capitol Records signed an AI artist to a record deal last year, and they had to cancel the contract, not because of the pushback on signing an artificial intelligent artist, which means it's not real, folks. It means it's not real. It's by a computer program. They had to cancel the contract because of cultural or racial stereotypes, which, it, it, you know, it could very well be that that was, that was the case. Um and I think a lot of it probably is true. But the thing that I'm upset about is the fact that we have something that is not real, that is not a human being creating, that is not a human being writing music. It's a computer program developed by human beings to make music. So we are in an age now where we're not even giving getting artists to perform and do the grind of creating. We have artificial programs, artificial intelligence becoming artists. And this is going to be a thing now over the next decade. And I think it's up to the audiences to push back on this and say, this is not what music is. This is not, music is not a program. Music is an expression. What's going on, Christy? How are you? Hi, Jay. Hey, it's so awesome to be back. Um, yeah. As always, thank you for having me. It's, it's just a great great joy to be here and uh, talk to you and discuss all these topics and uh, kind of um, let everybody know what's going on. Cause I think everybody gets busy in the world and you just have your head down, you're doing your own thing. And then you look up and all of a sudden the whole world's been taken over by AI and everybody's on chat GPT. And uh, you find out, Oh gosh, maybe my job is outsourced. Oh wait, I was a singer and a songwriter, but now I got, wait, I have competition from a computer. What? <laughs> That's how life is going. It's going really fast and it's so hard to keep up. So that's why I've got a few updates for us today. And uh, I know I've been tracking a couple things with you and everybody. And so let's, let's go ahead and talk about TikTok since we last talked, which was, I think, in January. When where we said TikTok, you know, as you guys all know, everybody's got the app on their phone um, and it's uh, highly addictive. They use uh, psychoanalytics to uh, dive into what people like. It's kind of like the hamster wheel of the more you spin and the happier you are on something, the more they'll show it to you. And uh, it's really hard to get off that hamster wheel. Unfortunately, that's just the front door. And on the back door, um, you know, it's a it's a collection, uh, a data collection service for um, the Communist Chinese Party um, because they do sit on the board. They do own um, ByteDance or they have board members on ByteDance and ByteDance answers to them. Every company in China does. And if you got a chance to watch their CEO, 
on uh, the Senate hearing. Um, I have his name over here. I wrote it down. Oh my God. It's, uh, I was so, um, so Jichu, I think I said that wrong, but anyway, he's the CEO of TikTok. And, um, if anybody has a chance to go back and watch that particular hearing, if you never watch a Senate hearing, that one is priceless. First of all, you're going to see like how much our Congress people really don't have a clue. <laughs> some of them do. Some of them were dialed in. I'd say, you know, over on the other side of Live Nation, Amy Klobuchar is pretty good and that group. But this group were like, uh, they had some pretty interesting questions. So it was pretty funny. But they did get down to the point where like, hey, this is a Chinese company. And, you know, it's interesting that two years ago, uh, Trump did ask them to divest and sell their company to a third party and be an American. And, you know, because Trump claimed that they were spying on Americans. And here we are. TikTok is being banned in the United States. It's already, uh, I believe, being banned in Montana. They have legislation that is going to ban it. Uh, it's been banned by the U.S. government uh, on uh, personal devices and work devices for military and anybody in the government. Um the country of India has banned it. Um, it's Canada has bans on it and the UK has bans on it. The UK, the UK has other problems with it. They have problems with their collecting data for children, you know, as young as eight years old that they're tracking and collecting data for eight year old to 13 year olds, which is uh, the EU. And, and well, now they're in Brexit. They're, they're the UK. They're not into that either. So they're having some they were problems sued. there. They were sued. They were sued by the yeah. UK. Yeah, they were sued by the UK. Exactly. We discussed it. The UK won. (laughs) Yes, they did. Because, you know, I mean, when you see, when you see Mr. Um, forget his name here again, Mr. Chu in front of the Senate. I mean, I, I think I texted, um, somebody saying, um, his main answer was like, well, Facebook does it. Well, uh, you know, that's what, that's what Twitter does. Well, you know, we're not the only ones. We're good people. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was a shit show. If, if I, I would have probably fired him if I'd have been his boss because I thought he was terrible. I thought he was defensive, but that's just my opinion. I, other people could have a different read. Um, but he did not make TikTok look like a company that should be on phones of children in America. He did not convince me. And I don't know if he can, I don't think he convinced, uh, the Senate hearing members. I think they were hostile. I think that even though they may not understand modern technology, <laughs> um, they have a grasp of what spying is about and they don't like it. And <laughs> so they really came after him on that. And so it'd be really interesting to see where this goes, um, where it goes from Montana. Uh, you know, are other states going to follow suit? Well, a lot of so, state governments, a lot of state governments have banned it. Yeah. Uh, state employees. I know. Right. Uh, North Dakota, I think Texas, mm. um, and several other states, state governments are banning TikTok from, yeah. from any state employee doing that. So, you know, there's, there's, it seems to be growing each month. And if people are asking, why are we talking about TikTok on a music podcast? The oh, right. Why we're talking about it is because record companies, music management companies use TikTok to find talent. Now, their definition of talent may be different than mine, but what they do is they sign these influencers influencers or TikTokers to record contracts based on the number of followers they get or based on the number of views that they're getting. 
So it's almost like a built-in win for these. So if someone's playing the guitar and they're playing a cover of Eruption or they're playing a cover of Crazy Train, whatever it is, and they get, you know, a half a million views and they've got a half a million followers based on all that, they may get a record contract. And what they're going to do is they're going to stick them into a studio and have 20 different writers write songs (laughs) for them, have them perform it, auto-tune the shit out of it, and then they'll sell they'll sell it on their TikTok page. People will buy the singles and they'll make a whole bunch of money. So that's kind of why that's where the music industry is. And if you talk to any artist offline, behind the scenes, any artist will tell you they hate TikTok because it's like cosplay. No longer are they expected to write music and perform. They're also expected to make these 30 second snippets to get people mm-hmm. to follow them. And they don't want to do mm-hmm. it. And I don't blame them. It's not about the music anymore. It's about followers. It's about it's about mm-hmm. viewers. It's about it's about all stuff that doesn't matter to music. So that's why we talk about it because TikTok has really taken over the music business. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a new A and R. It's like, you know, yeah, right, you know pretty much. I mean, you know, uh, you know, all the uh, UMG and all the big guys. They have people that's all they do is scour TikTok and the other socials as well, but especially TikTok. They've got TikTok social media managers who are just scouting, you know, and, and, and they're not really looking for talent, you know, follow the money. They're looking for, you know, somebody who's got 1.3 million followers on their own. They're looking for a sure thing. They're looking for a sure thing. You know, exactly. And they're like, okay, we're going to put some money behind this girl. She can't sing, but whatever. A talent really becomes like, it's not a deciding factor. They really, TikTok takes all of the things that real true musicians and, and artists have worked really hard over their careers to build, to be a trained professional, to pay the dues, to build a fan base, to, I mean, it's just like, it's a short, it's taking the, the person with the least amount of talent, but maybe a great body and pretty eyes or whatever. I'm not, it can be a boy or girl or whatever, or an AI at this point. And shove them right to the front of the line and say, oh, you know, all you people over here, yeah, whatever, you're talented and your music's great and you've really done really well for yourself and maybe you do deserve a break. But this person over here, he has 1.5 million followers singing stupid songs about a dog and has no talent. We're going to sign that one. Yeah. That's why TikTok is dangerous on top of everything else it does. And also they have stupid contests where kids are killing each other or eating podcasts or killing themselves. I don't know what they're doing out there with these, with these stupid challenges. Well, isn't there a, isn't there's there one a, every day. Isn't there a, a, a type of depression for yeah. kids that's created on TikTok? Oh yeah. There's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they called it, but because they do the psychoanalytics, and they yeah. basically control you and they basically yeah. get you addicted to this app. More kids are getting depression. Heavy, heavy use with TikTok is really correlating to depression amongst young kids. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this, get your kid totally. on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. My my son who's 18, you know, was into it probably a few years ago. And once he started reading about it and once he started understanding it, he doesn't use it anymore. My nephews don't use it anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 dangerous and the uk it to, is to break it down to kind of go in we did it on the last episode the uk sued tiktok because they were collecting data on people as young as eight years old yeah and they have protections I mean, in that country to not allow that i don't know why we don't have those protections in this country that's another question for another time 
Follow the but, money. <laughs> but what, the last thing that bothers me about TikTok and the people's refusal to understand this mm-hmm. is we have this element in the world right now of conspiracy theorists. And some of these conspiracies are like batshit crazy. I'll just say it. You give them facts about TikTok and you tell them about TikTok, they don't care. You're giving them actual information and proof of lawsuits, hearings, all this stuff. They'll keep using it, but they'll believe a conspiracy theory that has been disproven time and time again, that has gone to court, like election fraud or the election was stolen. 67 lawsuits were filed. They were all thrown out of court. Not one made it past the initial hearing. And from all judges, from Republican to Democrat, but people will still believe that the election was stolen. But you give them information on TikTok. And they don't want to hear it. We're post facts. So, you know, a lot of things too, you have to realize that universities in the target market of, of a high school, you know, you know, target market is like 13 to 24, right? So what's going on in our universities? You know, why, why wouldn't students be like horrified to know that their social media is, you know, and all their personal data is being collected through their social media and sent to the Chinese communist party. Well, Communism has had a, a bit of a resurgence at the university level and socialism. And you see, they, they really still love this guy, Shea Rivera. And, and they're like, what's so wrong with communism? All you wealthy people don't want to share my. And so it's like this, it's like this strange thing. They're like, so what? I had somebody say, so what? I'm trying to collect all that. And I'm like, really? You're okay with that? I, you know, are you familiar with the kind of the communist? Well, that's a a great point, Christy, because you and I are from a different generation. Yeah. We were born during the period of the Cold War. Right. Right. And we understood, like, from a very early age of what the difference is between capitalism and communism. Socialism, yes, there's a lot of with socialism, but your fire department, your police department, that's all socialism. Right. Um, you know, so not everything that's uh, that is social is socialized or socialism is exactly. bad. Um, right. You just have to assess each one individually, but it can be bad if you give up too much control. So, exactly. but with communism, I think the generation, our generation understands the importance and understands the fear of it because the more data that a government entity has on you, the more likely they are to understand you, understand mm-hmm. what makes you angry, understand all that stuff. And what I'm getting to is manipulate you. So yeah. that is the important factor in this. And, you know, TikTok is, I I think by, by the end of 2024, it will be banned in the United States. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I think it's going to go quicker because, you know, I think Montana is a, is a hard, although, you know the what the least populous populated state is the first one to just say f tiktok you're out right so but they also have a lot of um sensitive nuclear uh weapon sites and they have and and so i think once they realize uh oh <laughs> okay so it might it might be something like the states which have a lot of our our nuclear defenses and uh, and highly secure military uh, bases and underground bases and what have you, they're probably going to be like, oh shit, Montana did okay. Well, hold on, we're behind. We got to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think what 
you know, much like when I, I thought AI was right below the surface last time we talked and about ready to come through and it did come through in the last few months. I think similar, a similar thing will happen. I think all of a sudden, you know, people are going to go, Oh, wait a second. There was a Senate hearing. Oh, wait, you banned it. Oh, India banned it. Oh, UK banned it. Oh, Canada banned. Okay. All the states are banning. It. Okay. I think. Uh, it might even be in the middle of next year or maybe almost partially towards the end of this year. People, states are really heading towards banning it. Yeah, I, I think so. That's my too. prediction. And, and, and like I said, you know, if your kids are on this all day long. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> check it out. I mean, it's not it's mm. not all fun and dancing mm. and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. They're collecting data. They're manipulating their kids because of the psychoanalytics that are involved mm-hmm. with it. So we we'll have continue. to remember China plays a long game, everybody. Okay. They do. China is very patient. Yeah. Uh, exactly. They'll do they'll something wait. for 30 years, 34 yep. years. And they'll wait. They'll just, they'll just keep doing it. So yep. they'll, they'll wait, like, like train uh, and, um, and, and influence a whole generation of new people. Yep. That's what they're doing. Okay, so that's all. Let me really. We'll continue to update you on what's happening every quarter. So keep it here for updates on TikTok and 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 whatnot. But this is a story that we've been following now for close to a year, over a year, and it just keeps getting more and more interesting. Um, What do you have on any updates with Ticketmaster and Live Nation? I do. That's a beat that I'm going to get to that in a second. I just want to drop in live streaming really quick. Okay. Uh, and it's, and it can tie in kind of to the AI thing. Cause I, I asked, um, I asked, um, chat DPT. We'll get to that in a second. Why live streaming isn't happening. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I, I saw, um, on the LA times, I'm at my folks house and they read the LA times still <laughs> and delivered and everything, which I thought was a, whoa, <laughs> who does that? My parents live streaming was actually on the cover of their entertainment section and it said stagecoach country music festival you can tune in from anywhere you are you don't have to be in india california and i was like wow let me read this article isn't that interesting because i've been harping on live streaming like why aren't bands using it more often why hasn't it been adopted da 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 and this these guys are doing it right what is it country music once again stepping up to the plate i have to say they are an organized music genre <laughs> i i don't i don't love country i like a lot of it um but look what they're doing so finally it seems to me the technology is here because they're going to be going through amazon uh you have to have prime a lot of people have prime or you know somebody has prime it's also going through twitch and uh it's by golden voice golden voice california uh, uh, one of my one of my old uh, ex partners. I used to do tons of shows with them. I'm so happy to see that it survived and they're doing this. Um, it's going to be on Amazon. There's going to be all kinds of rooms you can um, join and listen to. Of course, all of the music. But Guy Fieri is there, and he's doing a whole different like little branch on his own. He's going to have his own stage with bands and cooking and the experience. There's all kinds of stuff there. They're going to have exclusive interviews that you can log into. You can ask questions. They're going to have an after party. They're going to have all kinds of stuff going on. And it's, they're not charging money. You have to have prime, like I said, but you have, I have prime. Everybody has prime, right? And if not, you probably have a friend that does. And what a great experience. I'd like to see Chris Stapleton. I, I had tickets to him three times and I think I had COVID and I couldn't make it one time. Um, but that's how you do it. 
that's awesome. I'm like, oh my God, finally, somebody has got their shit together. And this is exactly what I was thinking would happen a couple of years ago after they found out live streaming was it could be very successful. And I'm like, hey, wow, isn't that great? So then I asked um, GPT chat, how come live streaming isn't working? Like, why has it been so slow? And I wrote down their reasons and let's see. Um, where did I put their, their, where did I put it? It's on number six. Oh, well, one of the reasons they said that live streaming isn't really happening is because mainly people haven't figured out really how to monetize it and that the technology really isn't there yet, yet, even though a lot of it's there, but there's still a lot of buffering and they just can't figure it out. And they said GPT chat, which I've named mine chatty. So chatty said that the main reason they think, and I asked specifically, why isn't rock music using live streaming more often? And it said the AI believes <laughs> they don't believe, but this is what they think. I don't know. How do you say believe or think? I'm not sure. They came back to me with, you know, rock and roll is really a live music experience. And it doesn't really translate. That was our bottom line. It doesn't really translate to virtual. It's like of all the genres, they said many other genres translate better. But however, rock and roll is just really one of the last bastions, basically, of going to the concert and seeing it live and in person. You cannot replicate that experience anywhere else. How many times have we said that? Maybe there's so, maybe, maybe chat maybe chat GPT is tapping into our brains while we sleep. I know. I don't I was, know. I was so pissed. I was like, oh, I hate you, Chat GPT. So I um let's talk about AI. Last time I, I left off, I was like, you know, AI's there. It's about ready to jump through. It is. And then real, it, real quick on live streaming though. I oh think, yeah. Oh, I think it's it's you know, we we talked about it a lot during the pandemic mm-hmm. and why it was so important during the pandemic, but I also think now with ticket prices going up as much yeah. as they are, that that's going to be another driving factor to really getting live stream going. Because when you look at some of these ticket prices and how Live Nation and Ticketmaster is manipulating the markets, <laughs> this is the only viable reason to get more people views on it um, or, or viewing the show is through live streaming. So yeah. I think that's going to be the driving factor over the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, the, the the one that's live streaming is called Stagecoach Country Music Festival. It's in India. It's the it's the country fest that follows uh, Coachella. So they do Coachella for two weeks, and I think that was live streamed over on um, YouTube. Which uh, YouTube is, you know, you know, if you are going to live stream, that's always a great option. And, and Coachella has it down. So you know, but this is the first time that it's it's really so immersive, and it's like. Yeah, I, I know you can never replicate going to a festival sitting at your house, but you can, you can have your friends over and you can have a festive uh, environment and you can have food and drink and, you know, and have it on your big screen and you can have it into, you can, you can make it experience. And it's easier for you to enjoy that experience, I think, if they do something as in, as immersive, you know, as uh, different rooms you can check out and things you can look at and I, you know, I was thinking like Ohana Fest was live stream because then that way you could see more of the storytellers and more of the sto- the surf 
connection in the environment and it would be really immersive for people who couldn't, you know, yeah. can't pay the $1,200 to go to Ohana, which, you know, a lot of people can't or sit on the beach out in front. Yeah. But, um, but AI is going to help all of this, you know, I mean, I am so torn because, you know, I'm not the biggest artificial into, I don't have Siri. I don't have Alexa. I don't have Google assistant. I'm not really into that. I'm just kind of a dinosaur. I'm really an analog woman in a digital world. And, you know, wait, is that a rush song? Hold on. <laughs> so I'm, I have a hard time with my brain going, I don't like that. And then the other side of my brain going, Oh my God. Okay. My job just got outsourced. That really sucks. I was a sourcer and you don't need the sources anymore. A chat can do that. Um, but it's, it's pretty amazing. And I had like, you don't have conversations with it, but you do go back and forth, you know, and we, I had an argument with my chat GTP chatty over whether they thought live nation and Ticketmaster was a monopoly or not. And it was a three hour debate and I was like four pages of notes back and forth. And I, I think I got the win at the end because I did get them to admit that all know, although they're not technically maybe a monopoly, they do in fact influence and quite possibly manipulate the market in live ticketing events <laughs> and that it should probably have more oversight and regulation. One hundred percent. Chat GPT is getting it right on that. One what, for one, two for two. What What is amazing about artificial intelligence and Chat GPT is really a platform for artificial intelligence. Is this should be a top five issue in this country right now? Because it's not. It, it's it's affecting. It's going to affect every job, every industry that you know of. And I know you did recruiting. I have friends that have done recruiting who are getting laid off because John. companies are outsourcing the recruiting to artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So here's what that means, basically. So if you're looking for a job, if you're job searching, you put up a resume, right? And you send it into them. The AI will decipher whether or not you are qualified. You don't even get a conversation. You don't even get a talk. You don't even explain your history, explain all that stuff. They make that decision. And then they have these bots or whatever, these artificial bots that if you do make it past the initial submission of your resume, they ask you questions, okay, and they filter out who's qualified and who's not. Now, you can put anything on your resume, Right. You can put anything as an answer to help make yourself look good and you can get past this probably. But what basically it means is that that whole department for a company is getting outsourced. They're gone. Yeah. So I, that's dangerous. I, and that's not the only industry. It's not the only job that's happening. No, no. I, my last job, I got laid off. So what I did was I took a job um, as a town specialist. But what it really turned out to be was uh, six months later when they laid me off, I found out that they um, had me set up a virtual recruiting office for them and automate everything. And I handed in the key and I said, okay, you guys done. Bye. It's, and, I, and they're like, okay, you're fired. <laughs> I was like, shit, I should have gone in with a consultant fee on this one. I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that it was there. I didn't know. And that's when I found out. I'm like, oh my God, AI is here. And it's going to change every profession it's going to just wholesale wipe out 
you know, a lot of jobs. It's going to change other jobs. And there's going to be a lot more people who mind AI, AI minders. And they have a name and I forgot what it was. And then there's, and then there's the music industry, right? So we'll talk about this and then I'll catch you up with Live Nation. I got some funny stuff on Live Nation um, and Ticketmaster. But what it's going to do, I have um, been investigating how musicians are using uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI and, and their music and stuff. Well, there's a guy up in um, Bend, Oregon that I'm going to talk to next week. That He's a solo acoustic guy, but he's using it to write songs with. My roommate, who was a guitar player, couldn't find um, the the bridge. And he's like, okay, I hear, here's my chord progressions. Boo, 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 boo. And he thought he was going to get shit back. This is what's crazy. Because he's like, oh, this is going to be shit. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it. Right. So he tries it. He goes, Can, here's my chord progression. CD after la, la, la. Can you write me a bridge and a chorus? And so, <laughs> God wrote him a, a bridge and a chorus and he played it and he goes, I cannot believe I'm going to admit this, but it's actually really good. <laughs> it's like fucking good. That's what's going to use it. That's what's That's going to happen. Is artists are going to get stuck on something. They're going to go to chat GPT and they're going to have this, this happen. This is, this is, yeah. this is going to be a reality. Yeah. Um, my only question is, is will an artist put a, you know, whatever you call it, an asterisk next to the song and said, you know, co-written by Credit writing, yeah. AI. You know, <laughs> I mean, the writer, are, are artists right? going to do that? Or is that the next big scandal on the horizon with, and I'm sure bands are already using it. Oh, God damn. Um, yeah, I'm, oh, they are. You know, they're going to, so it can be used for creating social media content for art for um, sending out emails to your fan base, to building fan base, to, I, I mean, we're at the precipice of our entire society and, and being changed by this. The yeah. entire world is going to be changed. It's, 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 it's as big as uh, electricity or the automotive, you know, all of a sudden, you know, going from the plow to going to a car, you know, it's a transformational change. You know, are we, are we close to Skynet? And if you guys don't know what Skynet is, go watch Terminator movies, uh, you know, or the singularity and go watch the matrix. I mean, the thing is we're there now. And you, as you know, um, Elon Musk and you know, I'm no fan of Elon Musk and, and all his techie friends, a thousand of them of the, the top tech leaders in the world and thinkers wrote a letter saying we need to hit the pause button on this shit. We have to pause AI. We have to put policies because now, you know, the deep fakes are coming out and you can't tell them we don't have legislation and policies in place now to go after people for defamation and um, libel and, um, and using your image, you know, in your copyright. Now does everybody have to copyright their image? I mean, none of those policies and checks and balances are in place so the genie's been let out of the bottle and everybody's using it and loving it like i said i love it and i hate it at the same time and it is really a powerful tool oh my god um but we're not ready as i don't Mm -hmm. think in my humble opinion we're not ready as as a society for this like anything that happens here whenever there's a change like this you have you have it being used for things that it's not intended to (laughs) and that's the (laughs) And then you have legislation that has to play catch up. 
And right. That legislation right. always overcompensates because they haven't done anything. So now they overcompensate and they and they make rules that are or yeah. laws that are that don't make sense. No. So, and if you saw, happen. and if you saw the people, I'm, I'm going to recommend watching the live stream Senate hearing too. So if you, the, the Ticketmaster, uh, not the live stream, I'm sorry, that watch the Ticketmaster Live Nation Senate hearing, go back on YouTube and watch it because you're right. You're right, Jay. The policy people are going to be making policy, our senators and our Congress people. Who really have, I would call a, um, minimal grasp on modern technology. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if this exists, but every politician, whether in state government, local government, federal government should have a tech expert on their staff <laughs> to explain to them, too, right? to explain to them what the hell is going on because if you're 75 years old and you're a congressman, or if you're 80 years old and you're the president, you don't <laughs> know what the hell this shit is. You don't know fucking don't. TikTok. You don't. You don't. <laughs> don't tell me that Joe Biden knows what the hell TikTok is. Or, or, or ChatGPT, yeah. or Ticketmaster, yeah. or Live Nation. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, or someone like Chuck Grassley in Iowa or whatever knows what the hell this stuff is. They don't. And that's why it takes them so long to remedy something, to fix yes. something. And by that time, yes. it's completely gone crazy and chaotic. <laughs> now you got to rein it in. You got to rein it in. And now you're doing making laws that like are way overcompensating. Yeah. Yes, the pause button needs to be to be yeah. put on this. This does need regulation. I know yes. a lot of my listeners don't believe in regulation. This needs to be regulated because if this doesn't get regulated, your world, everyone's world is going to change. We talked about outsourcing of jobs. Like if you're a financial analyst, right? And you've worked for a company for 20 years. Why do they need you? They can do a program, an AI program to financially analyze their books for each department, for each division. And and then spits out what the recommendations are. They don't need you anymore. They don't need accountants. They're not going to need accounting. You can do that. They can do (laughs) Yeah, they're not going to need a whole, they're not going to need a a controller for their company or or a chief financial officer. Why? It's all done automated, you know, and, you know, customer service. Think about this. Customer service is essentially the first frontier of AI. That's the first frontier. How many people bitch about Customer service, whether it's with your cell phone, whether it's with your insurance company, whether it's you get on these chats online. It's a bot. It's a bot that keeps looping you back to the same place you started for 20 minutes. And then you get on the phone with them. Why does every customer service experience take your take up your whole fucking day? It's horrible. Because it's It's horrible. Because it's horrible. People either outsource, they're in a different country. Yep. Or it's AI and it's a buy. AI. So this, so yeah. think about how bad customer service is. Everybody's experienced it. That's going to be every industry if we're not careful. You're right, and you know what? You know who has horrible customer service? <laughs> Ticketmaster. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have I have some funny updates on Ticketmaster. So. You know, Ticketmaster uh, merged with uh, Live Nation in 2010, and there was some oversight, and they're like reinvestigating it. Oops, 
you know, 12 years later or 13 years later, or maybe we didn't do a good job speaking of them not knowing what they're doing and playing catch up. Well, this case, they didn't, they underregulated, right? They were like, didn't anticipate that these people, you know, the greedy CEOs were going to say, when is it going to, when is people going to learn? Whether it's a politician who's probably bought, that's probably the reason why, (laughs) or your average citizen. When are people going to understand and learn that you cannot, under any circumstance, trust a big corporation to do the right thing <laughs> at all, ever, 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 ever. Don't ever stick up for big corporations for not paying enough in taxes or paying too much in taxes. Don't ever, ever, every, anytime you defend someone like Elon Musk or Amazon or Walmart or all that stuff, remember, they don't give a fuck about you and they're trying no. to screw you in every which way including sundays hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. To get a better bottom line. Remember well, that. Don't ever, ever hold a big corporation in high regard. No, their their only function in society is to make money. Mm-hmm. That's the only function of a corporation. There is no other function of a corporation is to make money and pay their shareholders and pay dividends. That's it. To grow and be successful. They have no other function, right? Uh, at that at that level, that's it. That they exist to make money. So just remember that all the time. So Ticketmaster is owned by Live Nation. They're a huge corporation. They have so I got into a huge argument with my chat, <laughs> my chatty. And um I, you know what was really interesting is last time we talked, it was the Taylor Swift thing. That was a debacle. And it's actually I think called the Taylor Swift debacle. 
And they they had a Senate hearing. I recommend it. Great watching. You know, get some popcorn, <laughs> get your Dr. Pepper, have a good time. And because it may think you, but you know what? If you watch the Senate hearings on that, it may motivate you to really investigate who's running <laughs> a little bit more thoroughly and go throw your vote behind somebody who's not so out of touch with reality. So I highly recommend it. So Taylor went out there and, you know, Bruce Springsteen had a bad experience, all his fans, brouhaha and what have you. Nothing really happened. Nothing, you know, Ticketmaster was like, yeah, yeah we're going to do better next time. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so who saved the day? Okay. Who saved the day? So a little tweet went out because a band from the eighties called The Cure, yes. uh, we're going to go, we're going to go on tour. You know, they're going to get their, uh, their walkers out and dust them off and say, fuck yeah, we're going to do it one more time. Right. And I love The Cure and, you know, and they are an old band. Robert love, Smith love is the their Cure. singer the and they are from, they are from the UK. And, um, so what happened was they did a deal with Ticketmaster. We're going to keep all our fees low, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do this. And Ticketmaster said, yes, no problem. No surge pricing, no dynamic pricing. And they said, fine. And then somebody, um, tweeted him. Uh, they bought four tickets for 20 bucks. Um, so they had $11.65 service fee on each ticket plus a $10 uh, processing fee plus a venue charge of 10 plus 550 for another processing fee. So four tickets went from, you know, what's, um, 20 bucks four times 80, right? $20, $80, $272 with, and plus tax. So they tweeted that out and Robert Smith lost his shit. And if you've ever seen his tweets, I highly recommend he, he, he's an all cap kind of dude, but he's got a lot to say. And this guy single handedly took on Ticketmaster and won. Now, do we have sweeping changes? Not yet, but I'll tell you what he did. He's like, you all said no dynamic pricing and you all know what dynamic pricing is, right? Premier pricing. Okay, so that's when you're in the queue, if you're lucky enough to get in the queue, right, and you're on your computer or you're on 17 computers trying to buy tickets, and you see your ticket and you put it in there and it's in your box and you're ready to check out and it's like 20, you know, it's like maybe um, all told two tickets for $250 and you go to check out and it jumped up to $2,500. And you're like, what? <laughs> Do you still want these tickets? Surge pricing because the demand was so high such an evil move you know um just just really really nasty evil shit yep and uh so he comes in and he's like no that's not gonna happen i, I i'm not i'm not gonna do that so he actually got Ticketmaster to refund uh all of those fees uh there the, the ten dollars he didn't get all of your fees but he got the ten dollars of the 550 depending on what you bought and they were actually refunded to the ticket holders. He since then has held Ticketmaster's feet to the fire every minute of every day. I don't know when he's sleeping. Just look at his timeline. He show by show, venue by venue, he has audited and monitored every single freaking ticket sale that I can tell and every fee and fought tooth and nail for his fans, for the band's fans to have an ability to buy a ticket at a reasonable rate and go see them live in concert. He's the only one in all the fucking years of Ticketmaster screwing people. You know, they screwed 
um, Pearl Jam. And I have a quote from the Pearl Jam because they just sold tickets and they got surge pricing. They had dynamic pricing and somebody, but your ticket started at, uh, you know, $62. By the time I checked out, it was, you know, $1,250. What the fuck? Pearl Jam. They fought him in 2007 and lost. And their fans are feeling the pain right now. It's so hard to get a ticket to Pearl Jam number one. And now apparently you're going to have to pay a thousand dollars or more. I know you go through the club. When these artists come out, when these artists come out, like Taylor Smith said, I have no control over the ticket prices and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you Mm -hmm. know, Bruce Springsteen didn't really say much. Didn't say anything. Not say anything. Metallica's not say anything. Robert Smith proved that if you do say something and you do do something, your fans, the fans that have put you up on that stage will benefit. You're doing it for the fans. So if Metallica, who probably has over a million followers on across social media platforms, over 10 million on all social media platforms, if they went out and they started posting against Ticketmaster and saying, what the fuck is this shit? Like if Taylor Swift did all that stuff, if Pearl Jam did it, guess what? Live Nation Ticketmaster would cower. They would yeah. cower. Yeah. And because they don't want that, they don't want that press because that means another hearing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Robert Smith, he's not so, even a he he's not even a US citizen. Oh, I mean, you know, Live Nation is global. They've got ten thousand right. venues all over the whole world. But yeah, it, and he's kind of an obscure, I mean, you you know, niche music, eighties music, right? It's probably not as influential as Taylor Swift, quite frankly. You know, yeah, and look at what he's doing. He's already, he's already creating change within that industry, and he is, his heyday is long gone, right? The Cure were one of the biggest bands in the eighties and the nineties, and they haven't been probably at the forefront in two, three decades, and the, they're in the forefront again because of this. People are talking about the Cure. People are talking about Robert Smith, and the same thing would happen with Metallica, Taylor Swift, Bruce Springsteen, Pearl Jam. You name it. If they actually, even though they probably don't theoretically have the 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 decision to charge whatever surge pricing, dynamic pricing, they can go after them and they can have their legions of followers get upset. And guess what? Millions of people are upset. Congress that does cause Congress to act. Like if yeah. you ever want to counter big business, like we talked about before, who does nothing for you. If you really want Congress to act, you pick up the phone and you call your state senator, you call your representative. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. more people do that, okay, yeah. that counteracts the money that flows into them because right. people are pushing back. That's why the most important person in any society, in any government entity, is an informed citizen. Exactly. And I'm not talking about claiming that your cockamamie freaking conspiracy series uh, no. uh, theories are are being informed no that's being stupid what i'm talking yeah. about is knowing what the issues are like we're talking about with tiktok like we're talking about with ticketmaster and what a monopoly is and how it's affecting you if metallica bruce springsteen pearl jam taylor swift and the millions of followers heard from them every day about how Ticketmaster is screwing you, surge pricing is wrong, dynamic pricing is wrong, and people started to really create a movement and call their representative and call their senator and say, you know what, I bought Metallica tickets, I bought Taylor Swift tickets, and I went into the queue, and the queue said $65 to begin with, and then when I checked out, each ticket was $2,000. How is that right? Guess what? 
more hearings than that yeah. legislation. Because if oh, they yeah. know a mass of people are creating a movement to counter this, no matter how much money Ticketmaster and Live Nation are giving these politicians, they will go against them because the American people are speaking. So when you don't say anything, when you just bitch and complain and don't do anything and say, we're getting screwed, and you pick up your Bud Light and you drink your Bud Light, which is another <laughs> freaking form of controversy. Wait, that, that's, that's, that's a fake issue, right? Yes. Thinking that, thinking that somehow who represents Bud Light affects your everyday life, that is a fake issue. Okay. I was that like, who drinks matter. Bud Light? It, yeah. I'm it doesn't sorry. matter if a, if, a, if a transgender person is the representative. It doesn't matter if it's a woman, okay. criminal, whoever, a man, whatever it is, Bud Light does not affect your everyday life. Okay. Yeah. And so, I don't recommend drinking beer anyway. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. But, so, you so, know. But, but, but my point is, is, God, I'm getting off on the, t- see, you always get me fired. I'm sorry. But my, my well, point well, is that people, Focus on stupid, dumb shit. Yeah, right? they do. And not what really matters to them. And guess no. what? If you love live music and you know you don't make a million dollars a year or, or you don't make <laughs> six figures a year, but you still want to go enjoy live music, you're getting screwed. Live Nation, Ticketmaster are screwing you royally. We've talked about this in the past. We've yeah. explained to you how they're screwing you. And yeah. it only takes a, a 20 minutes, 10 minutes to pick up the phone and ask your representative, ask your state senator, what are you doing about it? And if more people do that, change will occur. That's yeah. how it's done. And, you know, and if you're really lazy, like, or busy, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, find Robert uh, Smith's Twitter feed and retweet it and put at to your senator, at to your congressman, at to your legislature, at to your state legislator, out to your can- Call them all out. And go, hey, do you see this? I agree with Robert Smith. You know, dynamic pricing answer. Do, do use social media if if that's where you're at. And you don't want to pick up the phone and make a phone call, which is very easy, by the way. And or uh, send an email. Or oh my God, so old fashioned. Write a letter. See, it's interesting that um our Congress people and our legislators actually really put a lot of credence in people who write letters. I mean, they. Because we come there and from a different generation, they may never see your tweet. They may never see your letter either, honestly, but they count letters. And what happens usually the statistic says is something like if they get one letter from one person, they can assume like 10 to 25 other people kind of feel the same way. So they kind of aggregate the number. So if they get hundreds and hundreds of letters and phone calls. They have to realize like thousands and thousands of people, consumers who are getting gouged by one of the largest monopolistic or unfair competitive companies in the world. You know, they have to do something about that. And if they don't, they should be unelected. Here is the biggest example within the last decade of how voices do change and how involvement does change. Do you remember when they were going to repeal Obamacare? And they didn't have a solution. Yeah, it didn't work. To did <laughs> go into they, they just said we're just going to repeal it and let the cards fall where they may. Well, that would have meant twenty million people would have been right. kicked off their insurance. Now, whether you're left or right doesn't matter. Okay, mm-hmm. the fact is is that the majority or a lot of people in this country got off their ass, started going to 
um, um, what do they call it? Uh, congressional mm-hmm. uh, speaking engagements, you know, yeah, hearings and they got busy and they got busy and they called and they wrote letters and they did mm-hmm. all this stuff that it caused them to not repeal it. Obviously, it was a very tight vote. OK, yeah, but that's what happens. Now, you can say Obamacare is shit. It should be repealed. You could be right. Right. There's a lot of things about it that are not so good. But there was no alternative. Right. At all for people to have an other option to go into. There was nothing. Exactly. Zero. And 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 anyone that tells me that there was, please send it to me because yeah, Obamacare affects me because I have a pre-existing condition. So this right. is an important issue to me. Yeah, and me I tried to find the alternative that No, there aren't any. There wasn't any. So mm-hmm. when we talk about voices and we talk about people getting involved. This is a prime example of what happens when a movement is, a movement is created, okay, and people raise their voices, not in a violent way, but raise their voices in a mm-hmm. protesting way to let their voices be heard. This is what happens. You can apply the same thing to Live Nation and Ticketmaster. You can apply the same thing to AI. You can apply the same thing to TikTok. All the issues that we're talking about affect you, okay, affect you in real in in in, in the real world. AI is coming for you. Okay, they're coming oh, yeah. for your job. Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they're coming for your money. Okay. Yeah. And, and, they don't and care. It's TikTok, they're coming for your kids. Okay. Yeah. And and these are these are real issues. And when your voice is heard, when you get up off your butt and you make the time, call for a 10-minute call or write a letter and send it off. It matters. It matters huge. Remember, oh, yeah. you are the most important person in government. A Educated, informed citizen is dangerous, more dangerous than anything else with government. Well, how long are we going to put up with these prices? Yeah. You know, I saw a survey that said something like um, festival goers, you know, young kids, I would say probably, you know, how do you 16 to 17, 18, 19% of usual, that's almost 20% of usual festival goers are priced out of the market. And then there's another, it's like 37% that can afford the ticket, you know, through a ticket master, but they're going to go to the festival and they're not going to buy food or anything. They, they did a, I, it was a study out of the UK and the US. They did a study that said that if you want to go and party at a rave, what the kids are doing now is they're foregoing all of the food and the drink on, on the inside and they're just buying a, a, a hit of ecstasy or Molly or whatever. And they're just going in and getting water. They're bringing an empty water bottle and filling up water. And that's how they're going to festivals now. So some 35, 36, 37% of, of the kids are doing that. So they're not going to the festival and, and supporting the vendors and the merch and all the other things that are there. So it's the surge pricing, the dynamic pricing from Ticketmaster is actually impacting sales for musicians and bands and people who are trying to make a living vending at these, you know, unless they own every single, you know, <laughs> vending kiosk in, in the arena. And a lot of times they do, but, you know, and they do get some of the merge, but the kids aren't even, they're not dropping a dime on that at all. Mm-hmm. So what is going to be the outcome of all these really, really high festival tickets in a year or two and we're going you know we have inflation and you're you know 
gallon of ga- no, a gallon of milk is like seven dollars, six dollars at some stores. And kids are struggling to pay rent, teenagers and young adults, teenagers are still at their home, but young adults, they're out there on the market, they're not real well paid. What kind of an impact over the long haul are these really high prices on tickets gonna have on festivals and concerts? Huge impact. It really will. You know, it, it it's just I'm not going this year. I'm not going to Ohana. I made the decision. I'm like, I cannot afford $1,200 for three days. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It really is. Um, you know, when you think about just how you're getting squeezed, how people are getting squeezed every which way, you know, and it just, and they just keep squeezing that lemon to try to get as much juice out as they can. Very few people are sticking up for you. So you have to stick up for yourself. And I'm not talking, you know, violence or anything like that. Sticking mm-hmm. up for yourself is writing, writing the letters. Yeah. Because you know, doing what you can. Because like you said, they're a corporation and, and they don't care about you. Their goal is to make money. So if they think, wow, we're just going to keep selling these tickets at higher and higher prices. And we love our dynamic premier pricing and, you know, and Ticketmaster does get a slice of the secondary market. And they don't really have any real competition is what I finally got chat GPT to, you know, recognize that they, they may be considered monopolistic, but they're, they may, uh, participate in unfair practices. And, and they do because, you know, GPTAT wanted to tell me that their competitors are Eventbrite. And I'm like, I, I actually typed this in. I said, you may not realize this because you're an artificial intelligence, but if you're trying to buy tickets to Bruce Springsteen or Taylor Swift, Eventbrite is not Ticketmaster's competition. Okay. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, now I get it. Okay. Maybe it is an unfair business practice and, and then maybe they could be a monopoly that has to be investigated. Right. Yeah. They're not going to slow down being a monopoly. They're not going to slow down with surge pricing. If there's more Robert Smith in the world, if can you imagine if Bruce Springsteen did what Robert Smith did? You know, right? Yeah, any of the of, of the relevant big bands today. Taylor Swift is probably has one of the most powerful voices because her demographic of her fans fall between exactly. that fourteen to twenty five year old, right? Exactly. And, and here's the thing: the younger generation are the ones that are. Mm-hmm pushing back on a lot of social issues within this country, whether it's a left issue or a right issue, whatever it is, young people are getting involved, which is a good thing. There's a lot of, of talk about this generation being lazy and not really understanding hard work or what the grind is, but they also understand the power of their voice. Exactly. So in combination, so like in combination with powerful people taking on major corporations combined with the strength of the stands, the fans, you know, can you imagine BTS? I mean, they tried to take on uh Ticketmaster and they did not win, right? And they're very they're the most powerful fan group in the world, BTS fans. Okay. Can you imagine the power of all of those groups, all of those really phenomenal leaders, you know, uh musicians, you know, if they if they I mean, why hasn't Bruce Springsteen said a word? You know, Taylor had a hearing all she really posted on Twitter was, you know, hey, Ticketmaster, you better sleep with one eye open or whatever. I'm coming for you. Well, okay, now she's on tour and we're not going to hear from her again. It has to be a consistent, united front. Fans have to write because the young people, hey, you guys, 
don't you want to go see a concert eventually? Life is hard enough. Wouldn't you like to go kick out with your friends and go see a concert sometime and not and know that you're not priced out of a concert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be totally priced out for the rest of your lives if this keeps up and you may never get to go to a festival. Coachella concert tickets. How much, how much were Coachella for three days? I don't know. Two grand? We'll look at the festival in, um, in California with ACDC, Metallica, and Iron Maiden and Guns N' Roses. What's the price on those tickets? Do we know? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see that. I was afraid that. to There's look. A... I was afraid to look at the ticket price I... for that. Yeah, well, whatever they put on the original poster, by the time you get into the queue on Ticketmaster, you can imagine it's going to double, triple, or quadruple, okay? Because if they're selling them for 125 you know by the time you get to checkout, you know, or, or the, by the time you get into the queue, the only ones left are the $1,200 ones. Or the t- I saw one for the Chris Cornell uh, concert ticket on the floor was $5,000 for a floor ticket. Yeah. Right. And that was in 2019. Okay. So I can imagine they were probably charging ten and $15,000 for a Bruce Springsteen floor ticket or more. Uh, hey, old people, Bruce Springsteen fans, you're getting squeezed out of it just as much as everybody else. They're squeezing the consumer because ultimately music is something that people consume, right? We buy. We yep. buy tickets, we buy merch, we, we buy music, we buy downloads, we buy posters, we buy this, you know, and if we're so outpriced on all of that stuff, uh, you know, what's left? Again, we're talking about concerts, right? And, right. and, and when you think of how relative it is to, you know, life and everything, yeah, are there, are there more important issues out there? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. However, again, if you are a concert goer and you love live music like I do, like you do, like most of my listeners do, this does affect your life. This does affect your ability to have joy in your life, entertainment in your life. And, you know, you're not you're not entitled to go to a concert, but if you want to, you shouldn't be misled. You shouldn't be manipulated. And that's what they're doing. In Europe, I've lived in Europe. Music is a very much a part of people's lives. From the time you're in the womb till the time you're dead. Music follows you. They have curriculums built. They believe music and art is so important in your life. People in America, our lives hard enough. Music makes it <clears throat> easier and better, right? I think a lot of music should be free. I think cities should be putting on concerts all the time in their parks to expect so people can get away from their daily life and go listen to some music, whether it's classical or jazz or rock or, you know, I mean, we don't get that. Some parks have it. Some cities have gotten programs together. But in general, in, in the United States, music seems like, yes, it's something for rich people. You know, it's something, you know, Ticketmaster, do they sell it or do they buy into it or they promote it? It's like, ooh, Coachella, you know, ooh, can you afford Coachella? A lot of kids can't afford to go to Coachella. You know, a lot of kids are not going to be able to afford to go to that Metallica concert, you know. And should should they? Should, should music have a little bit lower price point so that... You know, we can, are your teenagers? I remember I was a teenager. I bought tickets for like eight bucks and we go see ACDC or something like that. That's how old I am. You know, I mean, now your kids are going to ask you for a three-day festival and you're like going to have to take out a loan or something, you know? 
Absolutely. But it's more about the manipulation. It's more oh, about yeah. I know. when you go yeah. in and you see the mm-hmm. ticket price for mm-hmm. 75 bucks, let's just say, mm-hmm. and you're ready. Mm-hmm. To, okay. You're going to get, you know, section, you know, 200 and you're going to get it for 75 bucks. So you're going to, you're waiting for the queue. And all of a sudden you go, you want two tickets, you check out and then you see total charges, you know, I thought it was 75. That's surge pricing. So they got you to get in there yeah. and now yeah. they upped your prices because of demand. And of course, of course, the day of the tickets going on sale, there's going to be higher demand, right? Because yeah. everyone's like, I'm because we remember back in the day when we used to camp out, you know, yeah, I know. tickets or something like that. We used to get there at four o'clock in the morning and tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. I remember when Ticketmaster used to have that line. I would think it was uh, a one, two, one, two, um, last four digits. I think it was five, 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 one, two, one, two, whatever area code. I learned what I learned. Like if I wanted tickets in Chicago, I would call in to the one in Milwaukee, right? <laughs> And I would get in. There would be no busy signals. Yeah. No busy signals yeah. back in the day. So I I yeah. call like five minutes before the top, the the tickets went on sale, yeah. and I be yeah. and I get up all the the concerts that are going on in Milwaukee or going on in Ticketmaster in Milwaukee. You know right. whether it's at the rave or whatever the theaters were back then. And then ten o'clock rolls on and go. You know what? I'll take two tickets to Page Plant in at the United Center in Chicago. Hey, yeah. Ooh, got my tickets. You know. So yeah. there were always ways around it. That was that was always the 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 joy. We always trade secrets, but and then they're manipulating you because they only put a certain percentage of the tickets on sale. Oh, I know. Yeah. So oh, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, they yeah, give you this yeah. illusion that the 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 demand is higher because if it's a if it's a twenty five thousand arena and they only put eight thousand tickets on sale yeah. for the initial price. They sell out of that eight thousand. It's sold out. Oh my god! All these people are going. We got to go to the show. This is a must see show. Then they dump the other seventeen thousand, okay, on the secondary market, which raises the prices, which they get a cut of. So it's yeah. manipulation. Uh, they're uh, they're fucking you, and that's the problem. Yeah, is it is it an yeah. issue that's going to ruin your life? No, but if no. you want to go, they're no. screwing you in how they charge yeah. you. It's wrong. Well, if you think of it as a as a as a corporation selling a product to consumers, and we're all consumers, and they own all the venues, a medium, small, and large, with a few exceptions, or they have the ticketing for them, or they're pressuring, you know, clubs and to to use their ticketing services. You know, I'm going to actually ask AI if there's a better way to ticket in in a, in the United in the world because you know what this particular process hasn't changed i remember when we used to have to go line up at tower records because tower records would sell the tickets they had a little what's the other one ticket not ticket master ticket, ticket something ticket, ticket what ticket tron yeah. now i think ticket tron was ever at we kids we used to have a line up to go buy tickets and get wristbands and stuff I think that there's a much better way, a much more equitable and fair way to sell tickets to live events, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe we have to ask the artificial intelligence. Like I said, maybe. Who, maybe. But but they have such a mono- oh, monopoly on it. Our unfair business practices, however you want to say it. They control the whole thing. 
and they have no incentive to stop manipulating us into paying $3,200 for Chris Stapleton tickets to Honda Center. They, they just, they don't, they're never going to change that model because that model works so good for them. So I, I challenge everybody who is listening to this to go to their phone and look up profits for Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Okay, and for TikTok and for uh, Facebook and all these other social media, and go and see what kind of profits they've been making for the last year or two, you know, since we came back from COVID, you know, and find out that they've had there's headlines like record profits, record breaking year, profitable year, highest profit year. So you will see that as the consumer, once again, we are being used by these corporations so that they can all live incredible lives and fly around their G6s and their navigators and, and do whatever they want and not give a shit about the consumer and our experience. They really don't care about your experience. They just don't. They will, they will keep this going ad infinitum. So God, I always end on a high note, don't I? <laughs> you always do. You always do. You always get me fired up and I always... <laughs> I'm on the verge of losing my shit in these conversations, but there these conversations need to happen and more people need to have these conversations and make people aware of the truth that's really going on and how you're getting screwed and how and why it's important because it only yeah. keeps growing and getting worse if you don't do anything to counteract, to raise your voice and to yeah. make it an issue for for people. So, you know, we talked about TikTok. We'll continue to update you on what happens with that because it's a very important issue in the music business. And we'll update yes, you on live streaming because I think that's yeah. still everyone claimed it was dead. You know, once everybody got back from COVID, I still don't think it is, especially to tie this into the ticket prices that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll keep following this AI and how that's impacting music. But also be aware yeah. of how all this stuff is affecting your lives, too. AI and TikTok especially, especially your oh, kids yeah. and AI, especially yeah. your job. This is a, an important issue. And, of course, we'll keep an eye out on Ticketmaster and Live Nation because we're all music lovers here that listen yeah. to podcasts, that do this podcast. And we all love going to live music. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's getting tough to afford yeah. these prices more and more each year. Exactly. So. Well, thanks for having me. I'll keep everything. Hey, I, I am going to check out the um, Stagecoach live uh, live stream thing and okay. see how it goes. Uh, I'll have a little update on that. I hope they hope they nail it. Fingers crossed for them because it sounds really good. So awesome. I'll catch Let you next know. time, Jay. Thanks for Talk having me. in a few months, Christy. Thank you very much. Everyone, that's Christian Eagle, our music business insider. She's great. She's awesome. Give her a follow at Christian Eagle. That's E N I G L. And she's got some things going on too. Hopefully, we'll have some news next time she's on. This has been another episode of The Hook Rocks. I'm Jay Scott. Take care of each other. Talk soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.